your mission. Should you choose to accept it? I wonder, did you ever choose not to? The end you always feared is coming. And the blood will be on your hands. The fallout of all your good intentions. Hello and welcome to the Playlist Podcast, a discussion about film news and other film, television, and pop culture related items. I'm Ryan Oliver, and today I'm joined by fellow Playlister. Uh, he's a writer at DVD Talk, Pace Magazine, and BayesPerday.com. Uh, it's Octay Ege Kozak. How are you doing today, Octay? Hey, Ryan. How's it going? Good. I'm, I'm happy to be back on mic with you, and uh, we're here. We're the the meat of this episode. Uh, we're gonna have a brief review uh, for Mission Impossible Fallout, but the meat of this episode is we're gonna be discussing our our top five favorite set pieces from the Mission Impossible series. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But before we dive into that, um, I, it wouldn't be an episode without a plug. So, listeners, your mission, should you choose to accept it, uh, is to check us out on the Playlist Podcast uh, feed. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Stitcher, uh, and you'll get this show. You'll get uh, Over Under Movies, Adjust Your Tracking. You'll get all of our shows. Uh, so feel free to subscribe to us. Uh, give us a comment or rating if you're so inclined. And um, so that's it for the plug, and we'll move on. Yeah, to, the, uh, the the saddest part of this is that no one put a gun to your head to do that 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 gimmicky uh, your mission if you choose to accept it first. No, no, no. <laughs> but I'm gonna. But I'm gonna. Rip, you did it on your own. <laughs> no, but I'm gonna rip a mask off though, and it's not actually me. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I guess let's. And the st- pe- people listening will definitely be able to see that. Yo, oh, yeah, totally, because this is such a visual <laughs> visual medium here. Um, <laughs> But we're gonna uh, we're gonna dive into our review of Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh, we're not gonna spend a whole lot of time on it because um, there isn't with the Mission Impossible movie like you really expect like um, you know a lot of action and a lot of like intrigue and so we we kind of want people to go in fresh. Uh, but we could say just like housekeeping, this is the sixth Mission Impossible movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the first one directed by a previous director on the series, Chris Yeah, Ferrari. it's the first like returning director, which is like very rare for the series. Yeah, that's always been kind of the the uh, draw, at least for me, uh, for these movies, is that uh, I feel like Tom Cruise as a producer and actor just kind of gives the director a checklist of like, here's the things you have to include, but this is kind of a playground for you to do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the directors have always left their... And every the time, movie. it's a very distinct different director too. it is very distinct they have their own set of of like uh idiosyncrasies and it's it's wonderful but this is the first time that a <clears throat> director has returned christopher mcquarrie is following up rogue nation the story of the movie essentially follows very closely uh after rogue nation we have a, a, the same villain solomon lane uh played by sean harris uh we have rebecca ferguson returning as ilsa faust uh, we have a lot of returning players um, but I'll just. It I'll, feels I'll, like a direct sequel, not just the, having the same director, but it feels like more of a direct sequel to the previous one than the other ones have been, which the other episodes were. It kind of pulled off that, like, it kind of pulls off that, like, uh, Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace thing. Yes. Where they're kind of like connected together, which is like usually unheard of in like this, these kind of like disconnected like uh, spy franchises. No, absolutely. It, it is not very, yeah, it's not very heard of. You don't hear about it a lot. Uh, I was going to say Skyfall Spectre as well, but I mean, similar tomato, tomato. Um, I guess it's because I don't want to think of 
Spectre. I didn't. Uh, I was, bring it up. I, I'm going to bring it up at some point, but I want to pass <laughs> the ball. I want to pass the ball to you, uh, and just just what did you think of this latest uh, Mission Impossible movie? Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm kind of a big fan of the this like second trilogy that got started with Brad Bird that kind of uh, sticks a little bit uh, closer to the teamwork spirit of the original series. Uh, is a bit more whimsical, has a bit more like kind of um, it, it's they're 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 a bit more like fun to me while also um, being like. A lot of it is handled uh, practically. Yes. So it, it has this like really fun, uh, at times funny, just like exciting, like Mission Impossible team spirit. Let's like everybody has their own thing that they need to do to get this like impossible thingamajig that they need to go in and like, you know, uh, every single one of these movies has that scene where they're like, oh, going through this door is impossible. And then guess what? Going through the next door is impossible. And then they're like, <laughs> They're like, nobody has ever done this in the history of the world. And then within like a two-minute conversation, they figure this shit out. Um, so, you know, all that like fun stuff you expect. Uh, it's just, it's kind of like, they're like Bond movies now. It's like you expect the exact same structure um, going into it. So it becomes all about like, are we going to at least care a little bit about the characters? And I think Christopher McCory kind of pulls it off by inserting this theme of like is it worth saving a life if you're putting millions of lives in danger like is it or is it worth sacrificing a life to save millions and like that kind of um that kind of two in the morning uh you're done being drunk with your friends you're getting sober and you're just like chilling out at night and just the kind of this kind of like existential conversations that you have with your buddies and it has that kind of a like theme to it um and i think i think it deals with it in some interesting ways um the whole thing about um the, the one thing that bugs me in the last two is I love Rebecca Ferguson's character. I thought she was the star of Rogue Nation. Yes. Uh agreed. her character's badass. She's incredible and she's not that kind of like uh you know strong female warrior trope where like she also turns out to be like um sensitive and uh she was badass but but she's been waiting for a man to kind of like expose her feminine side or some shit like that and it was that stuff was like really really tampered down and it was kind of tampered down in this one too but i feel like they're still they're still like kind of trying to figure out how to create some kind of romance between her and ethan hunt and i'm just like and it doesn't even like there are hints at it here just like there were hints at it in the last one uh, they obviously care about each other, and that's kind of like an overarching um, uh, relationship. And of course, that's also used as kind of external conflict for for uh, the protagonist, for Ethan Hunt. About you know, there, of course, there are many many situations where it's just like, oh, she's in danger. I got to go, you know, figure this thing out. And uh, but um, yeah, I don't know why they keep trying to like shoehorn that in there, but they don't end up doing it. So it just creates this like awkward situation i feel like the, in the next in the next installment I, I think like they should just let them just work together and have a mutual respect and admiration for one another without like constantly trying to like create some kind of a romance it's just it's it's so awkward i agree um but you know those are the 
those are the like kind of shoestring uh, plot fillers that you know the, the the main thing is the action set pieces. Um, and there has there's there are some spectacular ones in this one. Uh, one of them is going to pop up in my top five. Um, and uh, the it's the longest Mission Impossible movie, which I think these movies do best when they're about like two hours or two hours and ten minutes at most. Yes. Uh, the second act definitely starts to feel its long runtime. Uh, with the especially like there's a point where it's like the double cross, triple cross, quadruple cross. Um, there's one twist after the other, and it just becomes super convoluted. Um, where not in a way that like like in a Michael Bay movie or something where you can't just even follow any fucking thing, but it's uh it's it's handled in a way that's like okay I get like what's going on but this is a bit much and you're just kind of dragging this. But then the third act comes, and I thought the third act, um, the you know, of course, there's a ticking time, a ticking time bomb thing, um, uh, complete with the uh, red digital readout. But um, the way that that was handled, and how that was supposed to be solved, I thought was pretty clever. And uh, with that tension dominating the third act, and a couple of like spectacular set pieces, um, especially one involving helicopters. Uh, I thought really like it, it had a like very strong finish for me. Um, and I think I would place it kind of maybe a little bit last in this new trilogy. Like uh, I think uh, ghost protocol is still my favorite and uh, I, I really like rogue nation. So maybe right behind that one. But um, I thought it was as a mission impossible movie as part of this like new batch of the two th- the ones that started with the 2010s with this decade um as far as those are concerned um it was you know it was solid i think it's i think it's worth checking out has some pacing issues but um other than that it's a pretty solid mission impossible flick as far as like the plot or what's done with ethan hunt as a character or um you know anything that's kind of new unique subversive like none of that is here it's it's a just a very clean cut, clear cut Mission Impossible movie. Yes, I agree, and that's partially why I think it's a lot of fun, and I still recommend it. But I'm a little colder on the movie than mm-hmm. I, I think most people are, and mainly because I I don't think the story is really all that engaging. And like the 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 ones that I like the most, which would be the first one and Rogue Nation. Like, yes, we're here for the set pieces, we're here for like the crazy action and all that stuff but like they do have this intrigue and they have these twisty stories uh that that are engaging and keep you on the edge of your seat and and keep you keep you on your toes and this movie the the tone the tone doesn't really fit i think with this series because this is going for the so somber skyfall dark knight type chapter where like ethan hunt is going to be tested he's going to be pushed to his limits every decision he's going to have to make is the toughest decision and that's the the stakes were higher in the last one almost i would agree and the tone the tone suggests that this is the case but it's not consistent with the character because it's still very much ethan hunt he's the man on the mission and he's he's still doing what he needs to do and doing it like you know he he doesn't hesitate to do so it's mm-hmm. like i feel like all the themes in the movie are are very like have to be articulated by other characters because it's mm. become 
I, I agree with you. I like this new trilogy post 2000s. It's become almost like a Western in a way with mm-hmm. like action spectacle, just from like the, the like all near silence, but intense dedicated performance that Tom Cruise gives in these later movies. Um, but it just, I don't know. It just something about it didn't engage me, but the action is pretty much like next level outstanding in this movie. And, and mm-hmm. it's, um, it, it, like some of the shots, uh, there's one in particular that will also show up um, in my top five, and I'll be interested to see if it's the same one or not. But uh, where I'm just like, how how did you even get these shots? Like this is yeah. this is crazy. Um, but the story to me left a little bit more um, to be desired, and uh, I, and I, I agree with you. It's a little over long. I do like the third act, but it, it did. I, I felt the the sluggishness for me i was like okay okay we can kind of we can wrap this up we're we're getting yeah there, there's unfortunately a point where it feels like we're nearing the climax but then it keeps i going. knew the yeah i knew i knew i knew how long the movie was so i was like oh this is just gonna be the second act break but yeah there's this, there's this point i think you probably know what i'm talking about where it feels like it's wrapping up and yes. then and it's like, it's, oh no, we have another forty minutes to go. It's first. like it's like it's got like a fourth act to it almost. Like, yeah, yeah, that's what it kind of feels like. <laughs> um, but it's 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 still a solid movie. Like a, again, as far as like actual stunt work and practical effects and stunts, I I don't think there's another big series uh, that Hollywood's putting out that like even comes close in the, that regard. Um, mm-hmm. I, it's just I think it's impressive, and and that alone, I'm like I rec- I would still recommend this movie. Um, but I was a little bit down on it um, just because I, I, I thought it left a little bit more to be desired. And then there's one thing I, I, I have to at least say. This is completely a it's not you, it's me to the movie. This is not a critique of the movie, uh, so I'm not even going to treat it as such. But like we kind of mentioned earlier, my big draw for the series is the different directors handling material, mm. is the different directors doing mm. it. And, and it was so, just too similar. It was. It was. It yeah. was a lot like, and I wanted I to. See that. And I wanted to double back. It, it's a better movie than, say, Spectre, but it reminded me of that, where it's like, mm. okay, there's this grandiose story that ties them together, and it feels a little more forced than organic. And, and, and just like Spectre, it's kind of sold as like this is the real final act. Shit's about yes. to go down, and then you watch it, and then just like Inspector, I was just like, the stuff that that happens in Skyfall are the stakes are far higher. Like it's, yes. it's, it's so much it's like Skyfall. Okay. So Javier Bardem's character was like the underling of Christoph Waltz and who gives a shit. And he was a more interesting villain. And what happened in it was more interesting and it was more intense. So just because the marketing, it says like, this is the big one. It's like, it doesn't really make it. So, and I feel like this was kind of the case here where it was supposed to be like that. Yeah. Like exactly like that specter thing where it's like, this is the big showdown. It's like, but the stuff in Rogue Nation was terrific already. Like, you don't have to kind of try to one-up yourself in that sense. So maybe instead of having this kind of work as almost like the first real sequel in the Mission Impossible franchise, you know, the same director, the same tone, following up on the same story, like, they they even look really similar, and they follow, like, very similar, similar story beats. Um... So just doing that, I think you're right. I, I think it might have been a better idea as great as the action set pieces were and as fun as the movie was. It, it wasn't anything. This is the first Mission Impossible movie that didn't really offer anything new. Yes. That, and, and that's maybe co- hiring a new director 
someone who's maybe fresher or someone with like a different kind of new vision. Um, like I would be interested to, I would have been interested to see like, for example, what someone like Ryan Coogler or something oh, totally. could have done with this. You know what I mean? Like a new upcoming, like fresh director that has a, has a very interesting, like modern take on genre filmmaking. I agree. Um, and Christopher McQuarrie does a, does a great, does a fine job. It's just that, um, he is who he is and he did the last one. So you can't really expect him to do anything really that different this time around. So the freshness is kind of, I think that's the other thing too, is cause like I, I, I've often said like, you know, the first one is my favorite, um, bar none. And I think De Palma, I mean, this, this is no disrespect because this is a great gallery of filmmakers. Like all these filmmakers are great, but I think De Palma for me is far and away the best filmmaker who's tackled these movies. But I think Macquarie is the best writer and I thought Rogue Nation mm. was probably one of the best scripts that this series has had. So yeah. it was kind of a little disappointing that I thought the script was kind of the weakest part in this movie. Like, he he stages uh-huh. the action really well, but I'm like, Macquarie's a phenomenal writer, and it's, it, like, not really uh, articulated in this movie. So There's that's... a lot of stuff that could easily have been cut. There's a lot of stuff that's kind of left in the air. Like I said, the anything to do with, like, the special relationship between Rebecca Ferguson and... Uh, or like Ilsa and uh, Ethan, um, just cut all that shit out. Have them be like like their situation, their external conflict was interesting. It's like okay, now we're. I mean, it's the typical like, it's the sequel, so now we got to figure out a way for these uh, characters who kind of ended up on the same side at the end of the last one. So we need to figure out a way for them to be on separate sides again, kind of thing. So that wasn't very original, but at least it it kept it going but like yeah the the emotional stuff between them and a couple of other scenes that were like it's just there there was there was a good like 10 15 minutes out of this that could have been cut to bring it back down to the regular like 2 hour 2 hour 10 minute mission impossible uh length i would agree that's that's um yeah i think that's and that's the the other big thing for me it's like the, yeah the movie is way too long but um I, I also want to give a quick shout out. I think uh, I think Lorne Balf is the name of the composer. Um, yeah, the score I, was really good. The score is really, really good in the movie. I thought that was really, really stellar. Um, I, I was just wondering, do you have any other thoughts uh, that um, you want to lay out before we swing into the top yeah, five? Yeah, there isn't. Um, yeah, there's, it's, it, in this franchise, there's nothing worse than awkwardly using the Mission Impossible theme in all the wrong places, which... Um, uh, Mission Impossible 2 does a lot. Um, <laughs> I don't think the theme is used at the right place at any point in that movie, including like the opening credits. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's it's great to see it kind of like the music take command in that sense. And uh, I thought the the way the theme was integrated in that, but then the original score was like really cool. Yeah, I uh, I had a lot of fun with that, and I and I also really like that like they've kind of let go of this thing of like bringing in some artists to do a rendition of the theme song, which I don't think has been done for a while now, but that, that always bugged me anyway. I don't think uh, they've done that since two, to be honest. Oh really? I, I the really... third one doesn't even have that. No, that uh, was oh, uh, just, just Michael Giacchino doing the score for the third oh, one. Fr- Fred Durst broke it, huh? I, I think a lot of things broke from two. Like, uh, <laughs> like the other thing, like for example, I think every movie. But it goes extreme. Two, I think every movie after two, except this one, because I think there's two poles. But almost everyone only has one mask pole after two. They're yeah. like, you can't do it eighty times <laughs> again. Yeah. 
But um, and I, I, John Wu is the possibly the the worst director you can pick up to helm like a kind of a semi-grounded like grittyish spy franchise and that's kind of trying to take itself as a little bit seriously because he's all like out there opera everything's a melodrama everything is huge yeah. and it's just it was just it's awkward like some of the stuff i mean i thought it was bad when it came out and then i uh i skipped through it uh for the podcast to see if there were any um uh action set pieces that could go in my list and uh, spoiler alert it didn't um <laughs> Uh, I could have I could have put in that like uh, the motorcycle dick smushing where they like they, ram into each other. They, yeah, they're, they're like they ram into each other that like super homoerotic uh, scene just for like shits and giggles. But uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's just it's just kind of like Mission Impossible Extreme. <laughs> you know, it's 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 lame. But as far as the first film is concerned, I still have issues with it. Maybe uh, I mean I hated it when it first came out, and I always Ooh. I've always had. I've always had problems with it, and um, well, when it first came out, it was kind of like that uh, that thing where I was like, a bi- I was a big fan of the show, both the '60s version and the '80s revival. Okay. Uh, and when it came out, like the '80s revival, like the the show, both versions, I think, were like showing a lot in Turkey when it came out, and so they were still fresh in my mind. And just the idea of like, first of all, killing the entire original team within the first 10 minutes and then having fucking Jim turning out to be the bad guy pretty much just because Brian De Palma or David Cup, whatever, like they thought it would be like subversive to like flip off the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just, I, I thought it was, you know, you know what it was? It's like 20 years before that whole bullshit about like how fanboys are like the last Jedi killed my childhood. Like I was, I was screaming like mission impossible <laughs> killed my childhood, but nobody listened. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, that's why I, I still have those issues with it. I mean, it's like it's obvious that the the first movie itself it betrays the show. I feel like it betrays the show itself on the whole, but it retains its it retains its tone and feel. Uh, so it does get that right. I think I think out of the six movies, it's the only one that actually like kind of resembles the look of the show uh it does have that like 60s uh gritty spy thriller uh look to it um but yeah as far as like what happens in it it's just like i'm still like pissed off about a lot of it and the original cast was pissed off as well none of them decided to show up in cameo roles or anything they offered peter graves the role of jim and he was like fuck you i'm not doing this this is disrespectful and by the way, I just want to point out that Peter Graves is the guy who took a role where he plays a pilot where he blatantly hits on like an eight-year-old boy. He he took that role in Airplane, but he wouldn't take the gym role in Mission Impossible. <laughs> so that goes to show you how much that uh, the movie like totally fucked over the uh, the fan base of the original show. So that that's kind of like my personal pet peeve with it that I want to uh, – uh, put out there but then at the same time if that if i hadn't heard of the show at all um if i had if i had gotten into the first mission impossible fresh i totally understand that it's a it's a really uh well put together and well made um thriller that's like a that, spy thriller. that's how i feel about it because i i have no connection to the tv show or or any of that way i've been watching these movies since 96 since they came out but i, I have no connection to the tv series and so i just approach it as brian de palma doing a big 
budget blockbuster and that's what i love about it yeah it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty good as that like when i watch it as that it's 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 fine it's um it's good actually not not even fine and you know i watched it beginning to end again uh, a couple days ago and i i appreciate it because of that just the last last 20 minutes with um like john void chewing the scenery and he's supposed to be fucking jim we know and love from the original series it's just, it was it was weird um sure i, I, I still have that. i still i still have like uh issues with that that's even tw- 20 plus years later uh, it's worth noting i was gonna say like before we do move on it's worth noting that i um uh kate wanted to watch fallout but she hadn't seen any of the others so we over over two days watched uh, all five. Well, her watching for the first time, but I rewatched all five of them. So we went through the entire. Kate, series. your lo- lovely wife. Shout out to Kate. Yes, yes. Shout out. Shout out to Kate. Uh, she, yeah, she, she dug them mostly, except two. We were both like, I'm like, trust me, the others are better after two, but we we have to get through this. So, <laughs> it's, <laughs> um, yeah, we watched that. So nice. yeah, that that was uh, yeah. You just skimmed through it. I actually sat and watched it again from you beginning. You watched to end. the second. You watched two from beginning to end. From beginning to end. Yes. Oh my god, I, my heart goes out to you. It's, no, it's, I I, I, sk- I skipped through it in like fifteen minutes. I just went through. <laughs> there's a slow motion of Spanish flamenco dancer. A slow motion of you oh, know god. Uh, the the cars, the two cars spinning around because they look like the Spanish flamenco dancers from the previous scene. Get it? Yeah. Uh, you know, I skipped all that shit. I just I just looked at the action set pieces to see if there was one that I would want to put in there. And even then, because it's it's fucking John Woo. I thought that there would be one that I forgot that was I was going to be like, oh, shit, at least this scene is amazing. But there isn't really one. Well, we can we can definitely discuss that. Do you want to want to lean in? That might be a yeah, good segue into do it. All right. Um, so let's do it. Um, we're going to talk about our top five set pieces which um was hard to be honest like this series is yeah. full of really great great pieces so it was actually much harder than i anticipated when i uh brought the idea to you about doing it um but have it watching all five again fresh in my mind and, and just coming off fallout I, I felt like i got a pretty good grasp on it so but i will um i'll start with you you get honors um i'll i'll, I'll kick it to you what is your um what's your number five uh, my number five is the the bridge attack sequence in Mission Impossible Three, nice. um, where they have uh, just slight spoiler, I guess they have captured Philip Seymour Hoffman, who's who, who I feel like is the best villain in the series so far. He's just handled really awkwardly in the third act, but um, but yeah, Mission Impossible Three is one that um, I always say that I sat through it like before I did like yesterday. I sat through this movie when it first came out and a couple of years later from beginning to end twice. And until I watched it again yesterday, I didn't remember a single thing about it. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause it just felt like it was always, it just felt so forgettable and kind of generic, but then watching it yesterday, I could really hang on to a couple of, uh, really pretty terrific sequences, but the, the bridge sequence here were like a bunch of, um, planes straight up, like, planes and vans and shit they're trying to basically take philip seymour hoffman back from ethan hunt and there's this kind of like brutal attack uh it gets super intense like all of a sudden because the third movie you know has that jj abrams touch of like whimsy and a bit more humor yeah and then so it just kind of comes out of nowhere and it's like super intense and the the just like 
the deafening gunshots and the the you know this is one of those scenes where it's like shaky cam is kind of used to uh for a for a good cause where it's like it just gives you that kind of like uncertainty and insanity of like what the hell is going on mm-hmm. um yeah i think i think that's just a uh that's that's a terrific scene I agree. Uh, just, I, I'm going to spoil a little bit and say I. it's weird. I like Mission Possible 3. It's my, like, if I were to rank them, it's probably my third favorite. Um, That's pretty but good. It, yeah, I like it a lot. I liked it when I, I saw it I would say it's my the favorite of the first trilogy. Interesting. Um, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't say that, as I mentioned in my love for the first one, but I, I, yeah. I like it a lot. And I think it really set the tone for the rest of the movies going yeah. forward. Um but I don't have a sequence from three on my list, which is weird because I like the movie a lot. But I, I just there wasn't anything in it watching it again that like stood out. But it's just so solid. But that bridge sequence is, I think, the best. And they they built that bridge like practically in the desert somewhere, and then added oh, wow. like CG'd the water in, which is shocking because mm-hmm. it like it looks seamless and water is like yeah. really difficult to render. It looks like all of it wise. is just like location. Yeah, stuff. it looks. And they just they just put in the explosions or something CG or like that's what totally. it looks like. And, well, Abrams is just like even for the beginning because that was his first feature length movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he was always good at that, like the merging of practical and and CG, mm-hmm. like and making it seamless and and um. But yeah, that movie's solid, and I think that's an incredibly solid pick. Um, What's your fifth? My fifth. Oh God, it took. It was so hard for me to hold this in while you were discussing about it. My fifth is the last twenty to thirty minutes of Mission Impossible Two. Uh, I. I <laughs> it's nice. dumb. The movie's not good. Like rewatching the movie, it's truly not a good movie. It's such a slog to sit through. But I, I really think, and, and it all means nothing because the movie's not dramatically sound. It's not interesting in in that way. But as far as just a pure technical standpoint, the the like orgy of John Woo-ness in the last twenty yeah. to thirty minutes is it's impressive. Like the motorcycle, not just the, the motorcycle. The motorcycles are dicks. Get it? Yeah. Well, that. But but, <laughs> yeah, I, but even like the explosions going on and like the yeah, freeway yeah. chase. No, that it's so. just it's really well choreographed and it's like it's memorable. Like the movie itself is bad but that sequence is memorable and i i when it ended i'm like man i really want to hand it to that movie for that last third but it's just it's so dull throughout most of it but i just i i think the action in that like final third is really impressive the stakes of it and what they're trying to get is so dumb it's so hard it's so dumb but i guess i guess if you watch it like out of context it's like wow this looks i mean it it has that kind of like 2000s um matrix influence look a little bit but um but it is it is kind of also its own thing um it is and they're, that's, they're, that's yeah. oh and i was just gonna say like real quick before I, like hand, hand it back off is just that um i i most of these sequences i ranked from the standpoint of like there is something at stake within the sequence itself and this is the only one that isn't but it's just from a pure technical craft standpoint i'm like i i have to hand it to it like john woo is very very good at what he does best and what he does best is these type of action sequences yeah i mean and and when he spins around on the um the motorcycle to shoot at the car that 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 whole section is pretty amazing yeah it's really great and like and and knowing that Cruz is pretty much doing most of that himself it's just like god damn you're crazy crazy man so um, so yeah, that's my number five. I, I, I almost actually, when I was, when I thought this list was going to be um, just moments and not, not action set pieces, I thought of putting that one moment where like the knife gets so close to his eye. Yes. <laughs> and he did that for real. Um, 
I almost thought of that moment because that that was pretty spectacular. Speaking of which, like just brief sidebar, I did want to mention this in Fallout, um, and I don't want to spoil any specifics. But um, one thing I did like about Fallout is like it homages pretty much every single Mission Impossible movie that came mm-hmm. before yeah. in a small way. Um, they're they're very like quick little ways, but um, but I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, but you, so what's your my, what's your number four? My number four is the the bathroom fight in Fallout. Oh, so, nice. Uh, since it just came out, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but basically there's a scene towards the beginning where um, Ethan Hunt and uh, Henry Cavill's character, who's like this very blunt kind of hitman type CIA agent, um, are looking for this one mysterious dude, and they like track him down, track him to this the um, this like bathroom in this at this like kind of rave party or whatever that's going on. And, you know, a, a, just like this intense, insane fight scene uh, just begins. And it's 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 choreographed and shot and edited and everything is just like almost pitch perfect. It's a uh, it's a terrific fight scene. And it's, it's one of those where, um, you know, Mission Impossible is known for going big, like the big, big uh, scale explosions and all that stuff. And this is one of those scenes that shows that this series can be really good when it just like kind of uh, brings things down and, and to the, like this intimate kind of setting and it can be uh, just as intense. I mean, as cool and like uh, intense as the, the third act was, this might be my favorite scene in the movie, which is just three people just like insanely going at it with their fists and knives and all that shit. And just the only goal is to just like, who's gonna kill who basically yeah and it was it was it was really cool the sound work in that scene is incredible too because you hear and feel every single punch and every single like piece of marble or bathroom stall i don't think there's there's a i don't think there's score in that scene as far as i can tell it's just fully effects you just hear hard hard hits it's uh yeah yeah, that's a great scene um it's hardcore it's really hardcore Um, what's your four my four is also from fallout um proceeding or, or leading up to that scene it's the skydive sequence oh that was uh, cool yeah I, I i i like like you i'm not going to get too into specifics because it, it is fresh and if you're listening to this like you you were just going to see the movie now so i don't want to give too much away um but it really solidified i was looking it, it was on my list anyway but i was looking at twitter today and chris mcquarrie was answering a bunch of questions and he like showed the photo of the camera operator with the camera strapped to his head and doing the skydive along with Tom Cruise and Henry Cavill or Henry Cavill stunt double. I don't know if he did it himself, but, but either way, like I, I was, that scene just has so much tension and, and it's at an early point in the movie where you don't know like about certain characters. So it has the most like mystery and, and tension to it. And it, uh, it goes to uh, Tom Cruise's insane dedication because how easy would it have been to just swap uh, his face with the stuntman's yeah, face because their masks the... are they have masks they're covered yeah like they could have done it but he I mean, that's it a himself. that's a snapchat filter now but like he's like no nah, fuck it i'm just gonna do it myself. yeah he's gonna do it myself yeah exactly so that's um so yeah that that like for all the the crazy good action that's in fallout that was the scene that probably had my palm sweating the most is that that sequence um so yeah, yeah it, was... It, was, it was the perfect kind of um uh... The suspenseful type of Mission Impossible sequence, where it's just it's a, it's an action set piece where like the 
gunplay or like the chase isn't going on, but there's like some kind of thing that they need to get to or something to like handle before like basically everybody dies. Yeah, exactly. There's there's just there's so much at stake in that moment. So yeah. that's um so yeah, that's my number four. So uh my number three is the uh the opera scene in Rogue Nation. It's actually my number two. <laughs> oh nice. Okay. So it's it's not I guess it's not necessarily an action set piece, but it is a suspense. It is a terrific suspense set piece, like like flat out Hitchcockian. Yes, and it's one of the better like, it's one of the best like Hitchcock ripoffs of like recent memory in my mind. Or even uh, or even uh, Argento. There's a lot of shades of that opening of of opera, the Dario Argento opera movie. In, yeah, in the that. look of it for yeah. sure. Like that, those those reds and those just like it's the, just and the yellows just, as well. Like, it, it was just a wash in this like kind of sixties seventies um, thriller, uh, almost like even there yeah, Argento, you could even put that in there like a thriller horror look where it was just like yeah. so stark and so, but it was just like um, the kind of sequence that like Brian De Palma always ripped off from you know um, Hitchcock. Yes, and it's interesting that De Palma directed the first movie. <laughs> This isn't one that De Palma directed, but it feels like so much like De Palma ripping off Hitchcock, even though it's Christopher McQuarrie. Yes. Uh, maybe it's maybe you can tell it's not De Palma because there are no there's no split screens in the in the scene or split diopter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it has that like kind of like stretched out suspense where it's the the opera is going on and the everybody's in their spots and what's Rebecca Ferguson's character. You don't really know her at that point. So you're like, what is she going to do? What's her mission? How is Ethan Hunt going to accomplish his mission? And like, just from beginning to end, it's like this really kind of beautifully drawn out, um, suspense sequence. Agree. Well, it's constantly escalating, but without going like big, like it's still a very intimate sequence, but like the scene just escalates in tension. And it's one of the few scenes in these movies, especially in the later ones, that that uh, Ethan Hunt within the scene almost acknowledges like his age or that he's getting older because like yeah. he fights one guy and is able to beat him, and then like a bigger dude shows up and he's just kind of like, yeah. ah, fuck, like I gotta fight this guy too. Like, like he's he's kind of worn down, he's uh, exhausted. W- w- one thing that's like a tiny little, another tiny little knock against Fallout as opposed to uh, Rogue Nation and Ghost Protocol, I guess, is that it doesn't have that. It doesn't have that self-awareness as much. No, of it's... like, oh, I'm getting old. Like, maybe I can't handle this as well as I used to. And uh, yeah, it's it's a bit more. Maybe Cruz's ego is like uh, getting bigger now that he's a little bit older. Maybe he's more fragile about like admitting to certain things. Uh, I don't maybe. know. I don't but, know. But I, uh, I'm there with wasn't you. a lot of that. In this. It, it, that yeah, that one's just more a wall to wall headbanger and nothing, nothing like like that. But yeah, the opera scene mm-hmm. is like, it's it's refreshing because like I, I again, mm-hmm. I love the sequences that go big in these movies. They're really well done. But it, but a movie that could actually like sustain that like boilerplate tension is uh, the the stuff that impresses me. I think the most. And so um, yeah, yeah. So that's that's why it's at my it's at my number uh, two. What's your uh, number three? My number three is the uh, Burj Khalifa sequence from Ghost Protocol. Oh, that's my number one. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> so we can get into it. <laughs> we can get definitely get into it. I mean, it, it's hard to really, like, like what else is there to say? Like, it, it, it's it's a, it's the centerpiece sequence of that movie in a movie filled oh, with easily. really good sequences. Yeah. And it's, it's just... Um, 
like i mean i'm afraid of heights so like immediately it just like just makes me sweat watching yeah, me too scene. me too i watched it in, on imax and i was just like yeah having a like a panic attack yeah it's same, same i was just like and, oh my and God, also knowing that he's actually there it's not like a special effect or anything and yeah he's actually doing yeah. it and then the fact that it's like and that's like the one thing like ghost protocol i have some story qualms with it most notably though r.i.p most notably michael nykovist's villain character i think is like so bland and so flat in that yeah movie. but 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 like i love that like the movie makes it very clear at that point that it's like they're hung out to dry they're they have nothing but their wits to cobble together like they have no backup mm-hmm. and so it's like he's out there with this like this literal like prototype uh gloves that are like, hey, at any moment, this adhesive could not. <laughs> uh, yeah, work. and it's 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 a perfect kind of visual device to show that, like, when it starts reaching what, like, red, red is dead. It's gonna start <laughs> red is dead. Like, it's gonna start slipping. So the audience can is just like you, even in like wider shots, you keep looking at the lights on the the gloves and like, yeah, it's just it's just like a terrifically written and uh, executed scene. It's just uh, you are aware of. What the stakes are, what can go wrong, what happens when something goes wrong, um, just like all the way through. Nothing is just nothing is confusing about like what what is happening. And um, yeah, it's just um, the fact that he's doing it for for real and the way that it is kind of constructed, um, you know, just visually, you you um, you're always aware of like how this can go south literally at any second. Yes. Um, it's, yeah, it's an insane sequence, especially when, when he cuts to like the long shots of him just like there alone in this giant building. Oh my God. Outside this giant building. It's an incredible visual. Um, at a time when like, you know, the, you know, the advantage of the Mission Impossible movies, of course, is that, like I said, a lot of it is done practically. A lot of this insane stuff is done practically at an age where everything is CG. So just seeing that for real and knowing that it's real, the, the white shot of, I think that was the moment, uh, you know, I was really enjoying Ghost Protocol thinking like, oh, finally, they got Mission Impossible right. It's more about the teamwork than it is about totally the single action star and all that. Like, I was into it. But, um, yeah, when that scene happened, I was just like, oh, okay, I'm sold. This is the first, like... <laughs> Mission Impossible pool movie that I can like hundred percent get behind. Like it was that was just a terrific sequence, and I think it's still the best in the um, in the series. And it's yeah, it's so good. And and the fact it's and like the opera sequence too. Like it is a more grandiose sequence, but it, it is that same um, escalation within the sequence. It's like oh, there's a moment where it goes red, and you're like oh shit, he's gonna fall, and then he makes it. But then it's like oh okay, he doesn't have any grappling to get down, so he throws a fire hose out the window. And yeah. then, oh, and then that whole thing where he like does the the flip and like in, in any other movie, it's like oh he would s- safely make that window, but he like fucking whiffs it and almost yeah. falls off. And it's like Jesus Christ, yeah, <laughs> it's so terrifying. Um, yeah, I'm with you. It's I mean obviously it's it's on this list, so it's 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 yeah it's a phenomenal sequence and it and it's like you know whether you whatever you think about that movie in particular or whatever like that it's a it's a high point of this series. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, so uh, my my number two is, um, you know, as much as I, you know, complained about it a couple of minutes ago, but I have to give it props. It's the uh, the um, the famous 
hanging from the rope scene in Mission Impossible 1. That's my number the, one. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's been, it's one of those scenes that's just been like referenced and parodied so much in pop culture ever since that it, it almost like kind of loses its potency in your mind until you sit down and watch it again. Oh, God. And then it's like, oh, this is pretty terrific. Like, it's the whole way it's set up where it's like, you know, there can't be any temperature change in the room. There can't be any uh, – he can't even drop a single thing of sweat on the floor or the alarm's going to go off. And there's all this shit about, like, um, you know, the the guy coming in and, like, doing stuff and it's just hanging there. And, of course, that – that I, I think that even that, that famous moment – uh, where he's just like an inch away from the floor um, is almost not even like my fav- favorite moment in that whole sequence. There are so many of them. Um, oh, it's so good. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's it's just that that, that whole thing um, is just is just like a masterwork in this suspenseful kind of action filmmaking. And yeah. of course, like Brian De Palma handles it, so it, it, yeah. it makes sense. But he doesn't handle it in this like. He could have totally made it a more kind of over the top the way that he tends to do. Um, and it is very like it is, it's very restrained the way that it's done. He, uh, could, like, he could do restrained really well, too. Like he does. He definitely goes over the top for sure. But like I think of like I think of like the actual car crash scene in Blowout like as well mm. like how sustained and how like that move yeah. that like ra- like slowly gradually ratchets up the tension uh or the um like the the uh, well, museum we're talking sequence. about ni- ni- 90s brian de palma we're talking about Carly snake, eyes. snake eyes brian de palma so <laughs> sure sure he gets a point for restraint for sure um yeah i mean he could have had that like bernard herman knockout knockoff score like blaring or you know could have used the like we said like the uh split screens and all kinds of like gimmicky shit but like it's very plain very straightforward mm-hmm. and like that's why it becomes incredibly effective same the sound design in that is just incredible like the literal like the sweat dripping off his glasses mm-hmm. and then like having to catch it with his hand and and the whole you know the 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 uh the imf agent coming continuously coming back and forth from the bathroom yeah. and being sick and it's just like uh man it's just so perfectly staged and it's like yes it's not like again there's been more grandiose sequences in the series yeah. but it just uh, that just sustained tension and it just yeah like, and, and it's just like it's, it's beautifully capped with that moment of the knife falling yes. and it's just a silent <laughs> long oh, shot of the well, of they, slow motion shot of the knife going God. down and it is like it's so dread inducing and, and then the whole the uh the you know they play he places the temperature gauge on top of it and it's like slowly ticking up and then he's like okay yeah. back 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 uh it's just oh it's so it's just so good and when brian de palma so it, it harkens harken back to that levels on the glove in uh in ghost protocol like Absolutely. it's like that same kind of thing where you can always see like okay it's getting close Yes, it's, it's it's getting close, but but it just doesn't quite. Yeah, it's when Brian De Palma is sustained and does that well. I mean, like yes, you're, we're talking '90s De Palma, but like like the opening, not the opening, but like pretty close to the opening of Blowout, the museum mm-hmm. scene in Dress to Kill. Uh, like, oh yeah. Like when he when he does that, like sustained, like there's almost nobody better. Like he he's just he's so precise and just really knows what he's doing with that camera. Mm-hmm. It's it's impressive. Um, 
But I think yeah. does that does that cap our list? That was your two. My I two is the opera. I think so because uh, my Burj two Khalifa's. was the hanging scene. Yeah. Your two was the opera. My number one is the Burj Khalifa climbing, and your number one is the, the IMF breaking. Yeah. The IMF breaking and Mission Impossible one. Uh, so I guess we. Uh, we're, we we kept the list. We did. I mean, we had three that overlap, and and I, mean, I guess that goes to show like just how good those sequences are. If we're like, yeah, these are the, these are the ones that are great. But I was just yeah, curious. there are a lot. I mean, there's so it, many. There's, there's so many that we could have picked. But yeah, these are like they stand out so well. That For sure, they're, they're hard to ignore. Do you have any before we wrap this episode up? Did you have any like honorable mention picks? Like you wanted to give it like a quick quick hit shout out to. Uh, yeah, like I said, the knife uh, getting like an inch close to his eye in Mission Impossible 2. That's a terrific moment. Mm-hmm. Again, in, in Mission Impossible 2, it's the um, like I, like it's just the, the little tiny moments in that movie, like the part where he like spins around on the motorcycle and shoots at the car. Yeah, that's pretty spectacular. Um, uh, Mission Impossible 1, the train scene at the end, uh, as much as I hate that the bad guy is Jim. Right. Um, it's it's done incredibly well. That held up way more than I anticipated rewatching it. Yeah, it uh, looks pretty good. It does. Like inside the train tunnel, maybe a little wonky, but like outside the train before they go in the tunnel, like looks pretty spectacular. I was kind of surprised. The, the, the one the one pet like ah, oh, this is gonna be like the nerdiest like comic book guy <laughs> complaint of all time. But uh the one thing that bugs me about is that he blows up the helicopter using the the gum the explosive gum red light and and, green light yeah yeah but he uses it before in another scene and in mission impossible like in in an episode i'm not even talking about and this is a movie based on based on the tv show but in every episode of mission impossible they they i don't remember them using the same gadget or the same like so, they, that kind of bugs me. They could have come up with like some other gadget that he could have used because the show was even more, like, kind of boisterously creative about oh, shit sure. like that. Um, sure. So that's that's, and it's it's just like the nerdiest type of like, uh, complaint. But no, totally. I uh, can't. I just couldn't let it go. That's fair. <laughs> um, if what I had are your what are your like um, honorable mentions? Uh, honorable mentions. Uh, if I had some, it would have been the bridge sequence from Mission Impossible Three, uh, which you put on your list. Um, I think that that's the the highlight uh, sequence of that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also go with uh, it's really dumb, but it, maybe just because I'm afraid of heights and Tom Cruise is a crazy man, and I'm impressed the the cliff hanging scene in Mission Impossible Two with the opening. Uh, I think it's like impressive. I do like the um, I do like the uh, scene. It's just such an ego trip for Tom Cruise. It, it really is. That's why I didn't uh, include it. Uh, there's no reason for that scene to exist. No, there. but but I, I'm still impressed by it. But it is very ego trippy. I do like the yeah, scene. Yeah. I do like the scene in Ghost Protocol where Brent has to go uh, down, and the uh, Benji has the little uh, like toy car type thing that is like hovering mm. him above. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was... I, I, I did want to uh, give a shout out to that one. I was like, I, I had forgotten about it to be honest. Until oh, oh the, uh, the motorcycle chase in Rogue Nation. Yes, I thought, I, I thought about that. Like that whole and, and and also the scene where he's uh, he dives into the the underwater? dam and yeah. he's underwater and he has to like replace the thingamajigs or whatever. I don't remember. All these movies have the same. That's a really convoluted sequence of events that he has to perform <laughs> that moment. But, um, yeah. but, but that whole, because like that happens and then it leads into the motorcycle chase and that whole mm-hmm. sequence is good. Um, 
And even though it's not an action set piece, I really like the last, like, final moments of Rogue Nation, where, like, Benji's got the bomb strapped to him, and it's just a battle mm. of wits. And it's like Macquarie mm-hmm. really lets his, like, writing of dialogue, like, crackle in that scene. Um, yeah, and, and yeah it, that was pretty cool. Yeah, and then the ending's, like, really nice and subversive. It doesn't go big. It, it goes much, much smaller. Um so I, I, I appreciate that. I feel like there was like one other, I mean, and yeah, and, and I don't want to give too much cause I want our listeners to see fallout uh, this weekend and through the rest of the summer, but like, you know, the bathroom fight scene, as you mentioned, the, the helicopter sequence, like there, there's a lot of good stuff in that. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, um, yeah, this, this series as a whole, I think it is strongly, like strangely endured for 22 years. Like it, it's, a, mm-hmm. it's probably the most. I mean, it may not be the best series, but it's is maybe the most consistently reliable uh, series of movies that that Mm. is out there. So, oh, and also Alec Baldwin doing like an old man breadbasket punching. Yes. In 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 Fallout, I thought that you know the way that happened to that character, I thought was pretty cool. Agreed. It's a little bit unexpected, as as ridiculous as that looks with. Uh, Alec Baldwin going at it. I have a feeling that he was like, you're going to let me do an action scene or otherwise I won't play Trump anymore. And they were like, all right. They're like, sure, we'll do it. We'll do it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, well, cool. Um, this is, uh, this was a lot of fun and, and thank you for hopping on. So, and Octa, where can we find more of your work? Yeah. So you can find my stuff at uh paste magazine. Um, I occasionally write for the, uh, for Thrillist, uh, the entertainment section, uh, but also uh, DVD Talk and uh, BayAsparta.com. Awesome. And as always, you could find me over here at the playlist, uh, writing reviews and, and doing the playlist podcast as well as over under movies. And, and you know, we're, we're trying to revamp that and do some other things with it. But uh, you could find me here. And, um, yeah, as always, um, thank you for listening and, uh, be sure to subscribe to our podcast feed over at the playlist podcasts. You could find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Um, so you can get, uh, this show, adjust your tracking over under movies, just all the shows we have, whatever's your jam, we have it hopefully. And, um, so leave us a comment or rating if you're so inclined shoot us an email however however your communication is tweet at us um let us know what we're doing right what we can improve on and yeah. uh, so yeah thank you for listening bup, 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 yeah, this this podcast will this podcast will self-destruct in five seconds i was singing you out but oh i'll probably i'll probably add it in actually but we'll uh we'll see so um but yeah thank you for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode <laughs>